We, we have so many options in so many different areas of life. Um, I, I know we, I, I know, uh, I've heard Eric and him talk about this coming home and coming back from Senegal, just being overwhelmed by the cereal aisle at the grocery store. And it really is overwhelming when you really think about all of the options. But it's true, not just in cereal, but in everything. I mean, deodorant and razor blades and toothpaste. I mean, all the personal hygiene items and certainly all the food section. There's just so much variety, so many different options. And and um, I, the, one of my favorite places to see the variety right now is that South Kroger uh, Philip, I don't know if Philip Thorne's here tonight, but he's working there now. But they're, they've got this cheese counter. Oh, man, if you like cheese, that's you got to go to the South Kroger. They've got some options and a lot of variety, and I have tried a few of them. Um, but, I, I mean, we, 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 are, we are appreciative of variety. We're thankful for options. I mean, I think we are, but it can be overwhelming at times. And it's just trying to figure out and comparing and what do we do, what's the best, what should I get. If you don't know what you're going in there to get, specifically to get, it can, it can kind of freeze you and, and you're not sure what to choose. Well, it, it, it's increasingly that way when it comes to schooling and education possibilities for families. That um, there, are, there are so many more options now than there were, I would say, just 10, 20 years ago. Uh, for sure, there was just a lot of variety, even within the different, you know, kind of the main headings of schooling. There are all these subcategories and and possibilities and ways to blend them together. And there's just so many different variations and different kind of flavors of of schooling. And so it used to be kind of a one size fits all approach for most of us, uh, and that was public schooling for most. Uh, raise your hand if you're over 35 years of age in here today okay keep your hand raised if you were educated in the public school system okay i didn't see any hands go down i'm not going to single you out if you were one, or if you were one of them you can put your hands down um i i think that that's pretty pretty normal and i and if there were hands that went down i think if we raise that age bracket a little higher um it would probably the the ratio would go even higher the percentage would go even higher um I mean, I just think of, uh, I know in, in my situation, we, everybody I knew went to public school. Uh, I, we had, there was one homeschool family in our uh, town, and they were weird, and, <laughs> and, and I didn't know anybody that went to private school, though I'm sure in Dallas there were private schools, and I mean, I, I knew of some, but nobody in our, in our town, a suburb of Dallas. Um, and so every, everybody did. And, and then I think back again to my parents' generation. I, I, I can't even conceive that there were other options for them. And my mom went to a one-room schoolhouse in Miami, Oklahoma. And, uh, I, and, and so, I, 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 I mean, you have your stories. I, I'm sure that's probably, probably pretty normal uh, for most of you. Um, uh, a decade ago, maybe we could say, there were kind of three main options in schooling. You had public schooling and private schooling and homeschooling. And there were some exceptions. There were some, some other options. But, I mean, today there are, there are many more possibilities. There are, 
hybrid schools that kind of blend some of these together, charter schools and magnet schools and and kind of trade schools. You have these STEAM programs and if you're, if you're kind of specialty, I know uh, we had a couple that used to go to this church, but there's a school, uh, I guess it's a, I don't know if it's a, considered a magnet school over in Clayton County that's just arts. So it's everybody there, they're just studying art. And uh, they do some core stuff there, but so it's this real specialized education. You have uh, now dual enrollment, so you have students who are doing college work while they're in high school. You have um, kind of these military, uh, uh, I mean, not, that's not a new thing, but there are some new options there for kind of military school uh, for your final two years of high school. There are um, Montessori schools and classical schools, and now I've heard this phrase, unschooling, and and uh, where you just kind of abstain from school and just kind of coast through life, and that's a better way to just learn life by doing um, no book work, that kind of thing. So all these options. We even have kids here that were trained in French schools and British boarding schools. So, I mean, we just have a lot of bases covered here in this, in this uh, uh, room even tonight. Um, but before before we get to the outline, I, I just setting it up, and I, I, I mean, just a full disclaimer, and this will not surprise you, is I am definitely not an expert in this area. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to fool anybody, even by the time we're done. Um, part of the motivation to even talk about this and to address this is because we're right in the middle of it. I mean, we're we're making this decision every year and considering the options and looking at our kids and trying to weigh these things out and so we're we're working through it and uh want to want to make wise decisions but we're 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 doing this we've we've been helped by many of you uh we've learned a lot from from you just in talking with you and, and hearing how you've made dis- made decisions and and kind of what things have guided you i remember being helped by a series howard that you did i don't know probably 8 Ten years ago, or something like that, on on schooling on Sunday nights, and you took one Sunday night for each of homeschooling, public schooling, private schooling, and I remember being helped by that as our kids were. I don't know if they had started school or were just in those early uh, early years, um, and so, uh, I, and I and I'd also say that Brooke is probably as qualified, probably more qualified to be talking than I am on on this issue. <laughs> I mean, I'm thankful that we have been able to work together. We, we don't always, you know, we, we see things differently and, and we come from different perspectives and, and disagree at times. But by God's grace, we've been able to come to joint, agreed upon decisions in schooling. And it's not been a, uh, an area of any kind of friction or home. But I'm thankful for her help in this area and her thought on this area. And that's going to be reflected even in what we talk about here. Uh, so you know, our kids have been educated in a variety of ways, um, not every which way, but they've they've been in public school, they've uh, been kind of strictly homeschooled, and been in a kind of hybrid Christian homeschool environment. So we've had great experiences with each of these options, and have had challenges with each of those options. So we we have some experience in broad. Range. So that just introduction, um, and and so I want to. Oh, you don't have the outlines, dude. Do you get them out, Isaiah? Everybody, anybody need an outline? Okay, where are you, buddy? Isaiah. Ah, okay, right up here. I know. Saw somebody. Hutzels. 
Carson. Um, this will we'll, we'll we'll be using this this week and next week, so don't be intimidated by the length. This will uh, much of this will be for for next week, but we'll get started tonight. Um, so so we'll begin working our way through some of this kind of introductory matters tonight. Next week we'll have uh, a panel discussion uh, talking about more the some of the more common options, at least under those broad categories of public, private, and and homeschooling. And so we'll have both students and parents and educators in those environments, and we'll have uh, some question and answer. I'll have some questions prepared, but you'll also have an opportunity to ask questions, and so we'll explore those more in in the kind of more practical ways um, next week. And then we'll see if we need a third week (laughs) to, uh, to wrap things up, but at least this Sunday and next Sunday. Uh, we'll just kind of see see how it's going. Um, all right. So, first question on your outline there is just why why tackle this subject? Why deal with this? Um, uh, just a few reasons I would say. One, we have lots of kids in our church, and kids need to be educated, and and so parents are working through these decisions. Lots of parents have choices to make here, and so we have young parents who are. Uh, making these decisions for the first time or will be in the next uh, year or, or through four years. Uh, we have um, parents who are right in the middle of education years and and are and need to revisit this subject and, and uh, kind of ask these questions again and think this through in a fresh way. We have others that are kind of on the other end and we can benefit and learn from um, their wisdom and their experience. And so so I, I'd say we just, because of the kids in our church. Second, I, I alluded this to this in the little paragraph, but sadly education can be a divisive issue among Christians. I mean, biblical, like-minded Christians, we can can, can really disagree and, 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 and at times even divide over this issue. I am of public school. I am of Christian school. I am of home school. I mean, we... Sound like the Corinthians. I'm a Paul. I'm a Paulus. I'm of Christ, and so we we can we can divide and separate along those schooling preference lines, and it's it's just it's one of those issues that just gets parents revved up. Um, I would say this is not to offend, but particularly moms, understandably, because that that they're. Oftentimes, particularly if, depending on the schooling, they're the ones that are most hands-on when it comes to education of kids, both if it's homeschool, obviously, uh, assuming the father is, is out, is the one out working, um, which is not always the case, but that's the normal, and, and moms are often right there in the middle, helping, making decisions, helping at school. Um, but moms and dads can be pretty passionate at times about choices that they make when it comes to parenting and we can can kind of be emotionally invested in those choices and it can be about cloth diapers or or working outside of the home or schooling or any number of issues and so I just I just say that's just that's just part of it and 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 I, as a parent I mean, we, f- we feel this concern. As a parent, I want to make wise choices for my kids with regards to their education. Uh, I-, I do think this is important, and I know you do too. And this is not something we should take lightly. Um, but the other side, as a pastor, 
I'm very concerned that I, I, I want to make sure that education choices don't become any kind of fault lines in the church. And I know that that's a possibility. Education choices do matter, but the gospel matters more. And that's, that's what's to unite us, regardless of how we choose to educate. And so I hope that our church can be a place where different families make different choices for different children in different seasons of life when it comes to you know, education possibilities. Um, I, I get nervous when everybody starts doing the same thing. Uh, and and I, I don't want us to be you know, a something kind of church, whatever kind of schooling option that is. And I know that's, you know, some school, some churches kind of tend to have a Christian school that, that everybody kind of goes to and they become, it's hard to separate or a homeschool church or whatever. I, I just, I just want to avoid that becoming um, what defines us. I want our church to be a place where the the dignity of every student, every kind of student is affirmed uh, by by everyone, and, and I hope we can d- discourage any kind of division along those lines where we start, you know, overtly recruiting people and persuading them to a certain kind of schooling option. And so, I mean, and attached to that, I would just say up front, please don't feel the need to defend your option. Uh, I, I don't want you to feel like that's ever necessary or expect other people to defend their choice in, in schooling options. Uh, I, I do want you to feel freedom to talk about the issue and to and to listen and ask questions and share your, your experiences and so I certainly want that um, but uh, but we don't have to defend um, the decisions that we make. Um, don't expect me to give Baraka's education choice. So if you're waiting for that and looking for that, it's not going to come. Um, we want to support families and parents and whatever choice is made. In this area, and feel, and we want you to feel right at home here. And so, and, and to say that this issue can be divisive, it doesn't mean that people are always, you know, overtly unkind or or uh, disrespectful to people, and you know, say bad things about those that choose other options. I don't think it tends to be like that. I've never seen that. Uh, really, that's not been the dominant thing in our church. I, I wouldn't think and. Though I'm, I know that's a possibility. I think it's probably more common that just kind of unconsciously you can begin to group together because you do the same thing. And so without really attempting or actively trying to divide, you just kind of do it. Because we, we go here, we do this way, and they do the other way. And so it's us, them, that's how they do it, that's how we do it. And so we can just kind of drift. So that's more the concern. Now, why tackle the subject now? Like, timing may be a little questionable to you, so it's, school is beginning for everybody right now. It's too late to decide for this year. Um, but the reality is, this is really the time to be deciding for next year. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a decision that needs to be worked through and thought through, um, you know, ahead of time and annually. And so that's that's part of it. And the other is, whatever... If, you're, if your kids are starting school, whatever option you've chosen, I think just being mindful of of the the, the the potential strengths and weaknesses of each schooling environment, I think, can be of help to you as you think through the year and, and how to go into it um, and, and, and to be planning and preparing for whatever challenges might await the option that you've chosen for your kids. So, 
Um, so that's kind of why we're dealing with it. Second, what can we hope to accomplish? What can we hope to accomplish? One is to better inform moms and dads about some of the more common uh, schooling options to assist in decision making. I've kind of alluded to this to all, already. We'll, 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 we'll talk more about this next week. So just really work through the different schooling options and help, help parents to think through that. Um, secondly, to, to help parents know how to offset potential weaknesses and challenges that come with the schooling options they've chosen. So just if, if, if there's the potential for, you know, a real challenge with this option, okay. I'm going to own that, but I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to work to kind of offset that possible weakness and, and blind spot in that, in that um, option. And then third, to again, to increase mutual understanding, appreciation for the decisions that other parents make when it comes to education of their children. So I, I hope we can diffuse suspicions and wrong assumptions and and the, the motives that might be judged that would hinder the unity of the flock when it comes to discussing this issue. I mean, I, I know we've, we've experienced this just in our limited experience with school. Uh, whatever, whatever choice we, were, we had made at the time, depending on who asked the question, um, what kind of, how, what, where do your kids go to school, our answer is loaded if, 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 depending on who we're talking to, if I say we homeschool and it's a room of public school teachers, I am immediately, I feel like, oh, no, I feel like I'm, you know, it's like, uh, I'm, 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 you know, against that or something. I'm some isolationist or, or some homeschool, it's like I'm a, I'm a hero. Good, you're, you're one of us. And, and so you're doing it the right way. And so you can just say these wrong assumptions or, or people assume you know, they know why you have chosen to do it the way you are. They assume you are in public school because of X, Y, and Z or they assume you're homeschooling because of, of these reasons and that may or may not be the case at all. And so I just say if we can just kind of wash some of that, scrub some of that from our thoughts and, and um, have good, open conversation wisdom grace love can abound and help us to 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 work through this and i think would be a good thing not that we'll all go leave singing kumbaya together and and agreeing on everything but that we'll we'll be able to have mutual love and understanding and appreciation for the variety of choices that are made okay that's kind of all the background um, first thing that we'll see is consider is, is what is non-negotiable when it comes to whatever option is chosen. This is just kind of baseline, essential uh, when it comes to education. And it's, it, it's what are the parental responsibilities? What is the responsibility of a, of a mom and dad or mom or dad if it's a single parent uh, family or grandparent if a grandparent is raising uh, their grandchildren? First thing, biblical, biblically, parents bear the responsibility of educating their children. This is not, we, we know this, this is why you're here, <laughs> so you, you understand this. But Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And that discipline and instruction has to be dis- with, to do with the discipling and the raising of, of your child, and he gives that to fathers, and I think mothers would, could be included in here. I think parents have that role. Now, in, in biblical times, there were few people that 
few kids that went to school like we think of it today. It was just it was not the case. Uh, maybe some of the really wealthy children might have some kind of formal training outside of the home or have a tutor that comes into the home, but most kids were not educated in that way. That doesn't mean they were uneducated. I mean, Jewish children were, were generally taught to read, reading the scriptures, and so that was, that was an important, and so there was this high regard for the scriptures. Second Timothy, uh, we see Timothy's mother, grandmother taught Timothy the sacred writings, and so, so that's part of it. The, the Greeks also had a high regard for learning, and, 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 but again, usually only the wealthy were formally educated in the way we think of education often today. But the Bible gives this overarching responsibility for education to parents, and and we can delegate uh, we can delegate some of that responsibility in a sense, and 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 off, and we do uh, all of us do. I mean, you, you 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 others are involved in the education of your children, and to to some degree or another. But we all we will always, as parents, bear that responsibility for the education of our kids, no matter what choice is, is made. And I think that's just important to remember. I mean, it's, I don't think this is unique to America, but particularly in Western culture, it can be easy to see education as kind of the state's responsibility, and that's, that's their thing, and that's just not the case, biblically. Uh, bad education rests on our shoulders as moms and dads, not on the system. Uh, and so that's, we, we need to own that. And so we're responsible. Second, biblically, the home is the primary place of education, but not the only place. And parents have the primary responsibility. Uh, I, in Deuteronomy 6, I've given you these scripture references just because we're, we're going to have to just read them quickly. Um, Deuteronomy 6, Moses is reiterating the law to God's people. And at the end of the wilderness journey, they're preparing to enter into the promised land. He's given them the law at the beginning and now at the end. So this is the second giving of the law. That's the Deutero, second giving of the law. And so he's about to leave them. He's about to die. And Howard used, well, this was his text uh, last Sunday. So just read Deuteronomy 6. Uh, well, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, you, you know the passage, I'm just going to summarize it, but we have in Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9, assuming this is a familiar passage, you have this, the essence of education, and it's teaching your children what the Word of God says. And so, so, so for the Jews, this was the law of Moses. For us, it's, it's the Scriptures. I, I think it still applies. And sitting in the house, and walking, and, and all manner of life. Education isn't something that just happens in a classroom, sitting at a desk with a you know, the whiteboard and all of that, it's, it's, it's going on all the time. And so, so who's educating children? What, what are they learning? What are you teaching them as, as parents? And, 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 um, and so I, I, I realize this more and more as kids are getting older. And I mean, I can say in a very specific way, just when it comes to driving. We don't have any drivers, young drivers yet in our family, but they're getting close and it's frightening. And I am much more aware now <laughs> when they're riding in the car with me about my own driving habits because I realize they're learning, they're paying attention, they're observing, and they're, they're picking things up. And so I'm trying to be much more careful. It's sad that it requires that. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it, leaving the phone down when it beeps or vibrates or does something. Um, so, so I'd just say the home is the central place of education. That's foundational. Uh, third, biblically, the main purpose of education is not to give out diplomas, 
but to prepare the next generation for godliness. Now, so as we consider uh, some kind of philosophy of education, you, you have to think about what's driving it. What, are, what is the purpose? What's the goal here? Is it to get, a, get into a great college? Is it to land, uh, land some dream job? Is it to, to hone our athletic abilities and get that scholarship? Is it to give my kid an edge on life? What is, what is it that's driving your, your goals in education? Well, it should be godliness. Godliness. That doesn't mean just morality. That's a life oriented to God. And so God's at the center and He's, He's everything. We're not just teaching them how to make a living. We're teaching them to live life before the face of God. Coram Deo. And so that's, that's what we want. And, and so degrees and diplomas and skills and writing and reading and arithmetic, all those things are important, but they're not ultimate. And so, Psalm 78, uh, verses 5 to 8, it says, he, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. And so, so the goal of, of, I mean, this isn't talking about that formal education, but I would say for the Christian, this is key to it. The goal is not to just produce moral kids, kids who don't get out of line and don't get into trouble and don't end up in jail. That's not the goal. It's to develop children into adults whose lives whose lives are oriented to God. This big view of the Lord. And they see God as their reason for their existence. They see His worship and His, His, His mission as, as consuming. They see their lives, as we talked about this morning, through the lens of, a John, of John 10, 16, of, of what God is doing in the world. All of life is mission. And so, again, our schooling choices, that doesn't saying that doesn't, doesn't dictate which of the option you're going to choose to educate your children, but it better influence how you think about those options and what this means for you and your child and your family. And, and so it, it should influence that. And so we need to see, we need to help our children understand who they are, where they came from, who their God is, um, and, and that they should set their hope in God. That's that's what we say when godliness is is the goal. Um, and then finally, biblically, one cannot be truly educated apart from the true worship of God. And there are plenty of places to look in Scripture for this, but um, Proverbs one seven seven is a, is one we know well. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. So understanding who God is becomes critical to interpret into the interpretation of of every other fact observed in the universe that the lord is creator that he's god that he's that he's that he's um sovereign that and so that the god is the interpreter of everything in the world and so this is this is basic nothing can be interpreted rightly apart from knowledge of him and so we don't see things appropriately or rightly if we don't have the fear of the lord and so that's true for what we call wisdom, which is that art of skillful living, that applied knowledge of God. But it's also true for knowledge. It's dependent upon um, the fear of the Lord. 
And uh, see Colossians chapter two, verses one to five. I think we'll see this even more. That and he says, I, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches, the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. And so he says just that notion that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, understanding Christ and who He is becomes critical for all knowledge, for all wisdom. Um, not just about religious things, but about all things. He doesn't limit this to church stuff. He's saying it's, it's key to everything. We can't, we can't interpret the human experience. Or as we speak in education, we can't interpret humanities. We can't study humanities and get it right if we don't understand who Christ is. And we don't see it through, through Him. You can't understand pain and sorrow and hopes and dreams apart from knowing who God is. It doesn't make sense. You, you can't interpret history without a right understanding of origins. That God is the Creator. That He's moving the world to a culmination. There, there's this linear view of history that it's moving to to a, to a final moment. So you, you, you can observe facts, you can observe events, and, 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 but you will, always, you will always run those through some kind of interpretive grid. And, and this is where, I, I mean, again, Paul's point is not, he's not doing a lecture on education, but I, I think there's application here that, that this, is, this is foundational to see that our kids are in Christ, know Christ, and that's, that's foundational. Um, and so, uh, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And, and this is why, as a, as a first, first, one of the first things in education is to show our kids Christ. It's the, it's the, it's the gospel. It's foundational to even this. It's, it's everything. Um, and, 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 and you think of, I, I was trying to think of the, the relevance of this and every, I mean, if you think of any area of, of education that you think, well, mathematics. I mean, yeah, that's like the one that's probably least affected by these things. It just is what it is. I'm looking at Mike Hutzel up here, and we have other engineers in, in the room, and I don't know if Matt's back there, but we've got other other guys that these mathematical engineering types. and and But I would say it's still, it's ultimately affected. Um, because your ability to say if A, then B, then C, it, it, it's impacted by the notion that there's a God and that He's created order and He's created this, this kind of thinking and this, this, this order in life. And so even that, uh, I think, is to understood rightly. We're helped by seeing everything in Christ. And so... Um, Alright, I'm, I'm going to jump down. Uh, I want to get to the practical motivations, at least tonight. Um, and then that may be as far as we get this evening. Practical motivations. Um, these, these are not rocket science. But, uh, I mean, the first one is this. Is we, what, what is it that we're looking for with our kids? It's, it's getting, getting a solid education. That's very basic. 
Uh, we want our kids to have a solid education. It's not, it's not holy to be uneducated. Um, and, and, and there have been times in, in, this own, in our own nation when that's kind of been the response among Christians. I, I think the response, is of, you look in Christian history and more modern Christian history in our own nation, the res, one of the responses to the Enlightenment was this, this kind of hyper-fundamentalism. The response was to kind of push back against all they saw, the liberalism in the in the um, in the universities, and so they pushed back against that to this kind of lowering of uh, low view of education, and that's sadly that's the Bible College movement was was kind of a backlash against that, and it's different now. But in those early days, many Bible colleges really did not emphasize this the basic education. It was all Bible. Very little in, the, in terms of uh, sciences and mathematics and, and language and those things. And, and so they became, I learned this word this week, obscurant, obscurantists. There's a word for, word for the day, obscurantists. And, and that just basically means those who, who deliberately restrict knowledge and learning. And so they, they almost kind of viewed it as, uh, as, as wrong. It was this wrong backlash against the liberal education. They said, well, just learning, that's not important, that's not good, that's not where our focus needs to be. And education was kind of viewed as being wrong. Well, uh, again, I don't think anybody here is persuaded in that way, but we shouldn't reject education because some of it isn't good. I mean, we, we should encourage our kids to be learners and to be readers and read good books and, and, um, and classic works and to excel in learning. Now, I'm not suggesting that all will excel at the same rate or to the same level. And so this is not talking about earning advanced degrees or pursuing even college education or anything like that. That's not my point. But I'm just saying we, wanna, we want our kids to, to, have, to, to, to be lifelong learners, to have this healthy Christian curiosity and, and this pursuit to, 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 to know and to learn, that's, that's something we'll be doing for all eternity. And so it's good to train them now. We'll be constantly learning and growing and knowing more of God uh, for eternity. And, and so, we, so, again, we want our kids to see education as a good thing. We want them to be educated. Um, second, a practical motivation is to help them grow into adulthood. Uh, just to, to grow an adult. Education is part of, it's not everything, but it's part of the package of child raising where we're, we're, we're preparing our kids for adult life. Um, helping them grow past a child's perspective, child's thinking, a child's behavior. And so education is a component in that. Um, we, we have a lot of work to do. Our children are natural Natural-born self-worshippers, and they see themselves as the center of the universe, and just like their mom and dad struggle, uh, still struggle to do. And so we, 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 we try to help them grow in that area and pass that, teaching them to love God and to love others. That's just part of That's growing into adulthood. And if they, if they, as they grow in that, it's going to help them, again, make that, cross that threshold. Um, always need to have in view where they're going, not trying to keep them, uh, keep them children all their lives. That's a big issue in our own culture, these kind of um, 
where you're, you're having these, um, you know, the, the 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 definition of adolescent just keeps expanding, and the years that are that are given that that age, and so it's just you're, you got people that are in their 20s that are basically functioning like uh, 14-year-olds of of 20 years ago, and so this 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 delay of adulthood and i would say education again is not the only part but it's a key part of growing and into adulthood teaching them to be husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and members of of the church of the christian community members of of society i mean these are this is part of it part of the purpose of education one of the motivations um and then third it's just helping them gain knowledge and skills for vocation well, it's not the ultimate purpose. It is. It is part of it. We should instill a high view of vocation, of work. It's part of God's design, helping them discern their gifts and calling. What is it that God wants me to do, and help them to think through that. And this, I say, this goes for boys and girls. I, um, I, I have three daughters and and one son, and and. I, I, again, I'm not speaking as one who's 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 lived through all of those years, and my my girls are still in the home. But um, we we don't know if and when our daughters will um, marry and have kids, and 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 so if you have daughters, I think it's good to help them grow productive in vocation, uh, and so to help them. Uh, develop even in that way. Certainly, our sons. We, we. I think most of us would expect that. But I would say it's good for daughters as well. I'm not trying to lay some conviction upon you. I'm just. I think it's. There's wisdom there, and that's a, a good practical motivation um, for education. Again, not careerism. Not letting uh, career or some monetary ambitions. That's not what's driving the train. Uh, that's not it at all, but it has its place, but it's not ultimate uh, career. Um, the primary thing, I think, as we're talking about vocation, is to teach your kids to work diligently. That's that's basic. Teach them good character, honesty, and faithfulness and and what they do. And so then we get to the question, okay, how do we how do we do this? Uh, well, we've already said it's it begins at home. It Begins with the Bible. It's, it encompasses all of life. It it, it lasts a lifetime. Uh, but we're going to get to the question now: What is the place of school in it? What, what role does does a more formal education have in this? And we're going to talk about that next week.